Welcome to Staying Stopped, the podcast that discusses how to stay stopped after you've quit drinking and drugging. Anyone who's experienced a real problem with alcohol and drugs will know that stopping is one thing, but staying stopped is another thing altogether. In this podcast, we will speak to different people about their lived experience of staying stopped, the challenges, the different methods they've tried and used, and of course, the benefits of staying stopped. So my name's Steve. I'm Luke. And today we're, we're very pleased to be joined by a friend of the podcast, Sam. Hello, nice to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for coming. So I suppose straight in with it, why did you need to stop drinking and drugging, Sam? That's a very good question there, Steve. I think for, for me, the reason why I needed to stop, well, really, I, I needed to find a new way of living. That that was my situation. I think my, my drinking and using had had reached as far as it could do. Substances and alcohol weren't doing what they used to. You know, we often hear people talking about, you know, that they were able to, in their younger days of using, that you could use without consequences, everything was okay. Then there was using and drinking with some consequences until eventually it's using and drinking with consequences all the time. And really that that's where it had got for me. I think I'd sort of got to the point where regular hospitalizations were, were starting to occur, maybe even on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I'd sort of got to that point where I knew I needed to do something. I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew I needed to do something. I tried stopping before. Really. Again, Luke, I think that that's something that most people, I believe, um, that have had substance misuse issues attempt to to stop i think there was a point in my using where i had said probably for about 10 years you know each evening right that's it i'm not gonna drink or use tomorrow and um you know invariably the next day would come and and, um you know i'd be thinking about ways and means to get the, the the next high so um, I, I think I had stopped on a number of occasions. The, the longest I may have a, a attained was probably a f couple of weeks or something like that. Um, and then I went abroad. So I did four weeks, I think, in total. Um, but that's the longest that I ever, uh, ever managed on my own. So what do you think was different this time? Did you, had your life got to a point where your sort of approach to stopping? Were you more desperate? What had changed for you that made this time different? It's it's a, a funny thing, isn't it? You know, getting to that point where you finally decide. I, I think there was somewhere inside myself I, I made a decision. I, I'd made a decision that this this time this was it. Now there were there were lots of different circumstances that fed into that. Um, you know that we probably haven't got time to sort of cover today, but there were there were lots of circumstances, uh, lots of pointers that had led me to a certain point in time. You know, you talked about desperation. I mean, I, I think I'd got to that point where I, I needed something. I needed I needed something to change in my life because it had got so dark. It had got so lonely. Uh, I'd become so separated from other people, people that cared for me in my life, that, yeah, I, I think it all fed into this this point where I'd made this decision and the decision was that, that I, I had to not drink and use. Drinking and using wasn't an answer for me anymore. And, and, and I, I know that's so easy to say, isn't it, when, you know, people find it difficult to stop on a daily basis, but that that's that's my truth. I, I just got to that point where I decided that this was it. I was going to do everything within my power to not drink and use 
and to find all sources of support that I could find to help me maintain and achieve that. I think those sort of characteristics that you described there is, I mean, for myself, there was a 10-year gap between the first time I went to rehab and the second. And that sort of my life, sort of the effect drugs and alcohol were having on my life were becoming more profound. And as a result of that, my life was getting smaller and smaller. And it was that sort of catch-22. My life's getting smaller and the drink and drugs aren't doing for me what I wanted them to do and I've spoke to so many people over the years who've who've sort of come to that realization that they need to stop but what's the point because my life's so rubbish now do you know what I mean Mm. did did you go did you experience that sort of that sort of almost fatalistic thinking about your using where you know what's the point this is you know this is just how my life is it, it's really interesting the way that you just sort of worded that there, Steve, because I've um, often uh, uh, vocalised it using the same language, actually, that, that you know, I've often said to people that I, I, I was thoroughly convinced that I would die an addict. It, it was almost like, in a way, I hadn't questioned, you know, I hadn't questioned where my life could lead. You talked about, that, you know, being fatalistic. I think there probably was an element that, that I'd actually given up on on the the idea of being able to stop so yeah i mean that 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 that, that was definitely part of my experience too mm. i think it's quite a common thing actually i think lots of people sort of uh, especially in sort of um you know active addiction um it, it's very hard to see uh, you know a bright future a different future um you know you're so wrapped up in the sort of the darkness and the misery and where's the next drink or drug coming from um, that you're not able to forge uh, forge a future for yourself, or, or like we've said, see one either. So what, what is it that's keeping you stop now? So what, what's your secret to staying stop? Ah, <laughs> oh, secret. I don't know if it's a secret. Um, it, I like to um, I like to sort of share the things that, that that I do. I don't think there's um in my experience, I don't think there's a one like a, a glove that fits all. Um, but what I do know is my chances of recovery were greatly increased when I started to access recovery communities, you know, support from other people, being able to have a platform where I'm able to talk about how things feel, you know, what my thought processes are, because I've been a very insular person uh, in my uh, drinking and using and still can have that tendency today. I can still sort of um, find myself retreating almost and, and getting into my mind, you know, and, and we, we were discussing this today um, in a in a reading that, that we'd read. You know, if I'm, uh, my mind is like a bad neighbourhood, you know, uh, I don't go there alone. Um, and I, I think that that really is fitting for me. I need to talk about what's going on in my head uh, because it really, you know, when I look at my life historically, it has been where the issues lie. So, you know, for me, it's about making sure that I do the right things to keep my mind in a, in a healthy place. Um, and I've got tools today, obviously, that I can use to sort of help and manage that. Um, and, and it is simple things, actually, like gratitude. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, I do write, write, a, write a gratitude list. I send it in a WhatsApp group. And, you know, that for me is really important. Focusing on positive aspects uh, having a bit of spirituality in my life, whatever that means to the individual. But just, you know, 
in simple terms, having a word with myself sometimes, you know, because I, I, again, I mean, Steve, we've had conversations about this, haven't we, where we talk about the, the sort of two things that, that are dangerous for us and, and, and that's resentments and self-pity. Well, I don't know. Well, I do know because you, 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 you've, you're one of, you're one of me, aren't you? But, um, you know, my mind is a, is a factory of, of producing resentments <laughs> and self-pity. So, but I've got a recognition about that today. You know, I'm able to sort of question those thought processes. And, and, and again, I think that, that it's, it's really important to be part of a community uh, and have supporting members that, that you can talk to. And, you know, I've got that in Friends in Recovery, not just in Lincoln, but uh, uh, in other places as well that have helped support me through my journey. I suppose in the last few years, I've heard, maybe it was said before, that that the antidote for addiction is connection. Definitely. And that um, certainly that sort of progression that we t- sort of touched on earlier of, of dependence, of addiction, whatever you want to call it, ultimately, as people's lives shrink, people become more and more disconnected, whether that's because they've lost their job. Their whole lives seem to shrink, don't they? And, it, and for lots of people, not everyone, uh, granted, it becomes the only life they know, um, as it did with me, and that the life becomes really centred around the substance, the getting, the taking, the recovering from. The one thing that that we've not touched on is how did you actually stop? What 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 was? Did you go into for a detox? How did that process work? Um, so um, for me, I was lucky enough to uh, get uh, funding for a rehab, and I got I, I got three months rehab, and I went to a twelve step rehab, and I mean I think I've shared this before that the in my recovery there are lots of moments that I can sort of came together. Um, I, I often sort of feel like it's providence almost that that these events happened to help me get to the point that I needed to get to which is, you know, talking on this podcast now with you guys and, and you know, being here present today, which which would never have happened if these sorts of events didn't sort of come to pass. One of the big ones was that I, I went into this rehab and, um, you know, on entering the rehab, that I was met by a guy that I'd known outside when I was actively using and drinking. He was different. There was something about him. I looked at him and, and he just seemed healthy. You know, the, the way he had a presence about him. Uh, he looked healthy. He was smiling and laughing and they were all joking in there. And, you know, one of the first things he, he said to me was, if you want what we've got, Sam, do what we do. Uh, and I feel that that was almost like the, the point for me. If this guy could do it, you know, I, I knew I could. So I think we all need somebody who, you know, that we can look up to, I think. You know, somebody who's gone before us that we can learn from or, or get advice from. You know, as I said, it was a 12-step rehab, so I was fortunate enough to get a temporary sponsor, go through the step work singularly and uh, in a group. And and part of that was that you attend meetings, you know, and they always said, as soon as I came out into the community, you must attend meetings. Um, and this was in the days before Zoom. So as soon as I got out, you know, I, I did feel like a rabbit caught in the headlights, but I knew that that was, in, that was at the back of my mind all the time. Get to meetings, Sam, get to meetings. So, you know, rain, snow, showers, whatever it might have been, uh, cold, wet, whatever, um, you know, I'd be on my bike, getting to meetings at minimum of four per week, face to face. And, and, and that's how I, I started my journey, really. That leads us sort of into the sort of my next question because you said about that importance of having um, 
that person who's giving you that advice, that mentor. So uh, do you have any advice you'd want to give the, the listeners at home? What would, um, or if you could go back in time and say something to your younger self, what would, what would that advice be? Oh, that's a good question, Luke. Well, I mean, I, I think in terms of, 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 of speaking to people new into recovery, maybe considering recovery, is that I would say that change is possible. You know, that's, that's, that's the first thing. I, I would always ask people to look around, find people that have, have been through this process, people that have got some uh, long-term sobriety, ask them how they did it, you know, ask them what they did, get involved with local recovery communities, whatever that might be. Uh, there are fellowship meetings, there's smart meetings, there's community meetings, mental health uh, meetings that you can get involved in. I, I think for me, it, it was very important that, that I accessed everything that was available to me because, you know, that there's the old adage, isn't there, that there's strength in numbers, safety in numbers. And, and, and that's sort of been my experience that, that when I've tried to do it on my own, you know, my truth is I could stop, but I couldn't stay stopped. And I believe that the only way in my experience, and, and for, for the majority of people I've seen, is to get that support of other people uh, in recovery and uh, stand alongside them, be with them, surround yourself in recovery, podcasts, uh, Zoom meetings, face-to-face -face meetings, uh, speaker shares, speaker tapes, anything that you can really, you know, books, literature, you know, surround yourself in, in, in recovery. Because what I do know is this, is that if I end up hanging around with people who are actively drinking and using for long enough, this addict would end up drinking and using. But in the same vein, if I hang around with people in recovery, recovery rubs off on me and has done. Brilliant. So just, just to wrap up then, Sam, so... You know, obviously we're friends outside the pod, but can you can you tell us what your life's like now? So what have you gained from staying stopped? Well, I've gained a new life, Steve. That's the, <laughs> that's that's what I'd say to that. You know, the, the gratitude that I've got for recovery is unending, really. So what does my life look like? Well, I think one of the, the biggest gift of recovery is that I've got a relationship with myself today, a meaningful relationship with myself which is something that I've not experienced. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a love for myself today, you know, a caring for myself, which I never used to have. And I think as a result of that, I'm able to have sort of meaningful relationships with other people and the world around me. You know, I'm, I'm fully self-supporting today. You know, I, I work full time. I enjoy giving back to others, not just in my work life, but in my personal life. And I'm able to do that today when I couldn't look after myself before. I mean, I challenge myself, you know, both uh, physically uh, in terms of, of, of trying to stay fit, looking after myself. You know, I'd have never focused on on uh, how I eat or, or, or exercise in the same way that I do today. You know, I've got material things in my life, which is nice. Uh, I've been to some nice places. You know, I mean, one of the things is, you know, thanks to Luke, actually, because I had a bit of a knee injury because of overdoing sport, you know, in recovery. I went to North Africa and um, I climbed North Africa's tallest mountain, Tube Carl. And I never thought that, that I'd be able to do that. But in my mind was something that Luke had said, but that you, you'd uh, always regret uh, not doing something rather than just sort of having a go at it. Um, and if I, if I didn't do it, I didn't do it. But, you know, so I think that's something that recovery's definitely given me today, that, that failure's okay. It's okay to not achieve certain things, but what isn't okay is not to have a go at something. 
I mean, I'm not going to fail at recovery because that's, you know, um, that that's a given as long as I do those things that I need to do. But in all other aspects of my life, I think it, it's made me feel that I can go towards challenges rather than running away. Um, because it, actually in, in in doing that, there's growth and, and you know, you develop self-development and you start sort of seeing yourself in a different light instead of a failure or, you know, what, or all, all the sort of negative affirmations that we sort of give to ourselves. And, and actually it's very hard, isn't it, to sort of let, let go of some of that because we've been so used to doing it for five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. So, yeah, sort of seeing myself in a different light, having moments of clarity, Steve, you know, um, as you like to call it. And, um, yeah, just just living life, enjoying nature, you know, noticing seasons changing, enjoying the sunshine, being in the moment with family, friends, work, colleagues, you know, uh, in a way that, that would never, uh, never have happened if I hadn't been in recovery. Nice one. Thank you, Sam. We're going to leave some telephone numbers and contact addresses at the end of the pod for anyone who might be interested in speaking to someone about drugs, alcohol, gambling even, and and how to access services. But for, for today, I'll say cheerio. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, nice one. Thank you. See you soon. 